Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. A very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. It is Wednesday. It is two, just gone 2 p.m. and 2.10 in fact right now. And uh, as usual, Judaism 101.9 here coming to you live from Joburg on Chai FM. We have a very important Shabbos coming up this week. Not that any Shabbos is unimportant, but a very important Shabbos coming up. It is the Shabbat called Shabbat Zachor. Now this occurs once a year on the Shabbos before Purim. <coughs> what happens is we take out two Torahs. From the first Torah we will read the regular Parsha, Parsha's Truma. And from the second Torah we will read the part from the book of Deuteronomy, which deals with Zachor, remembering Amalek, that Amalek attacked us soon after we left Egypt, before we had got to Mount Sinai, Amalek attacked us, and we are commanded by the Torah to remember what Amalek did to us, to remember that Amalek attacked us. And it's given the name, therefore, to the Shabbos, that it is called Shabbat Zachor, the Shabbos, literally, of remembering the Shabbos of remembering. Now, this is not about remembering and therefore having some kind of a memorial service, remembering uh, those who, God forbid, have fallen in wars and so on. But this is about remembering the negative traits and the negative activity and the negative attack of this um, <clears throat> great and powerful figure in our past called Amalek, and his people, and his um, uh, descendants, as they descended throughout Jewish history. And our sages chose the Shabbos before Purim for this to be reminded upon the entire Jewish people. And the way that we need to observe it, by the way, is that there is an obligation, a Torah obligation, many People say, because sometimes that makes a difference to some people, they need to know that it comes from the Torah, but that the Torah actually gave the injunction that we need to hear this reminder. We need to hear the Torah reading that is going to be read on this Shabbat has to be heard by everybody and most definitely by all men over the age of Bar Mitzvah. And many say it should be heard by women as well, that everybody should hear the reading of the Torah. Now, it's a short reading. It's only just a few lines. And I know that uh, the Beth Din have issued guidelines um, which have stated that if one cannot or does not um, have the ability to be in shul for whatever health reason or because of COVID and so on, that um, at least one should try and get to a shul just for that part of the service, just for that part of the reading, and I'm sure that many are going to be reading it later on um, in the day after uh, the shul services to enable the majority of people to be able to hear it, because we are still limited in the numbers according to the protocols that we can have in shuls. But there is an obligation, once you take it seriously, to hear the Torah reading. That is the reminder. Now, it raises some very, very fascinating questions, because when we think about the idea of a reminder, why is it that this was chosen to be done on Shabbos? Why can't we have a reminder during the week? 
Why couldn't we have a reminder at any other time? Why was it chosen to be just before Purim? Um, why is it particularly on this particular Shabbos, on the Shabbos before Purim? And perhaps more importantly, there is some strange confusion and some strange messages and messaging within that Torah reading, within the chapters and verses that we are going to be reading, where we talk about remembering and we also talk about not forgetting. Is there a difference between remembering something and not forgetting something? What's the difference between remembering and not forgetting? Aren't they really just one and the same thing? Why does the Torah go out of its way to tell us that we need to remember and we dare not forget? Now, there are myriads of different approaches and different answers and different ways of unpacking this all and looking at it all. But this is Judaism 101.9, and here we try to keep things simple, down-to-earth, practical. And so I will try and sew a thread for you this afternoon about the Shabbat, Shabbat Zachor, Shabbat Zachor that comes up on the Shabbos and unpack some of the who, what, whens, and wheres of that particular um, episode, as well as the idea of how we are supposed to make this something memorable, how we're supposed to make it something that we remember, how we're supposed to make it that we don't forget, and why it all ties up on this particular weekend. So let's begin by just unpacking the actual story. Who was and what was Amalek? Amalek gave his name to a whole nation of people who attacked the Jewish people soon after we left Egypt. If we go back in history and we think about the Jewish people came out of Egypt and before we had made it to Mount Sinai, remember that was our target. We were on our way to Mount Sinai. We were on our way to receive the Torah. The entire world was absolutely blown away by what had happened and what they'd heard had happened with and about the Jewish people in our escape from Egypt. All the plagues, all the miracles, the crossing of the Red Sea, all of that had happened. And, you know, good news travels fast. And the news spread that uh, God had performed these most incredible miracles, that the whole Jewish people had walked out of Egypt, that Egypt lay in ruins, that now they were headed to Mount Sinai. They were not only the golden boys and girls of the world, but they were the envy, perhaps, of the world. And it is possible that it came from a position of jealousy that um, Amalek decided to attack. Our sages put it in the following way, and they talk about the fact that Amalek did something in a scientific realm that would could be labeled jumping into the hot bath. What Amalek did was the Jew, he saw that the Jewish people were really, really burning hot. They were excited. They were passionate. And they were the, in inverted commas, the hottest item um, of the of, of the time and of the day and of history in the incredible way that they had gotten out of Egypt, in the incredible way that they'd crossed the Red Sea, and now marching to Mount Sinai to receive God's Torah, which was being given through them for the entire world. This was something absolutely mind-blowing. This was something absolutely incredible. Nobody would dare to jump into in inverted commas, that hot bath. But came along Amalek and adopted the attitude in a spiritual way 
of, um, I know that I'm going to get burnt. I know that I'm actually going to get scalded. I'm going to get roasted. I'm going to come out with third degree burns. But something drove him and his ilk to attack the Jewish people, knowing that they were going to come off second best. But the concept of attacking them and therefore, say our sages, cooling off the bath, cooling off the heat for others to be able to attack us later, that is what Amalek did to us. And the Torah expresses it in one word. It says the words, Asher Korcha Baderach. Amalek, it's usually well translated as he happened upon us. He happened chance. It was something that just happened. I think we would have said in the classics here, it was just Somer Sua, as we would have said um, in the place that I come from in Pretoria. Um, he just happened upon the Jewish people. That's the word Korcha. But there are those who say the word Korcha is from the word Kar. He cooled us off. He made the whole Jewish people cold. He made the whole Jewish people less than excited about what they needed to do. And this was what Amalek represented. This is what we've got to remember. And this is what we dare not forget. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And welcome back. Yes, great to be with you. It is Judaism 101.9 and I'm Rabbi Michael Katz and enjoying the presence of your company and your attention this afternoon as we're going through the things that are coming up over this weekend. Shabbat Zachor, the Shabbos of Remembrance. Now let's remember, yeah, very good, let's remember that Shabbat itself is one of the things that we are told to remember. So let's perhaps explore this a little bit, because there are many who suggest that this is why there is a Shabbat that is um, selected as being the time for this memory uh, event to actually take place. And that is because Shabbat actually is a time of remembrance. Yes, we say it every Friday night, at least in Shul, when we talk about Shamor v'zachor b'diburechad. Remember that the obligation for Shabbos that is spelled out in the Ten Commandments includes the word zachor, the very word that we use about this Shabbos. Shabbat itself was, we were instructed to remember. And there's got to be something deep and profound within that. And that is that memory itself and remembering something is a very, very important part of Judaism and in everything that we do. Our Torah and all our mitzvot are very, very integrally linked with this idea of remembering. What do we remember when it's Shabbos? What is the idea of remembering Shabbos? If we keep Shabbos and when we remember Shabbos, we do it in the way that we're supposed to do, we are tapping into the entire belief system of Judaism going all the way back to the creation of the world, because we're giving credence to that too. In fact, we're told that if, when we say certain prayers on Javis, including part of our Kiddush, that in fact we are becoming like partners with the Almighty in the creation of the world. What are we actually doing? We are giving verification to the fact that it was Hashem who created the world. We're giving verification to the fact that we know that the world was created in six days. We're giving verification to the fact that the entire world 
<coughs> excuse me, runs and it does according to a seven day week with Shabbat being the seventh day. But more important than that, we are linking ourselves with this incredible gift that God gave us, which is the gift of Shabbat, a day of sanctity, a day of sacredness and a day of connection between ourselves and the Almighty. We are not only remembering something, but we're bringing it to the foreground of our minds. It's not just about, oh, I remembered, like I remembered to pick up my keys and I remembered to, uh, to, uh, to drop the mail. No, this is something where there is a conscious application. And is that not what we do on Shabbos? The entire week, we could say, we are remembering that God created the world. The entire week, we're thinking about the fact that, wow, what a powerful, what an awesome God, the most amazing things, um, incredible gifts and blessings that Hashem has bestowed upon us um, all the time. On Shabbat, we have the opportunity to take our foot off the pedal, to actually sit, think, contemplate, and bring to the foreground of our minds this idea of remembering, remembering the importance of Shabbos, remembering that it is Shabbos that was this unique gift that was given to the Jewish people and only to the Jewish people. And in fact, our sages go out of their way to point out that the nations of the world even understood and understand that Shabbat, that Saturday, is re reserved for the Jewish people. The other uh, major religions chose a Sunday or they chose a Friday. They did not choose Shabbos because of the uh, deference and respect and spiritual knowledge of the fact that Shabbos, Saturday, was reserved for Jews. It's reserved as a Jewish day. There is so much awesome power in Shabbat and in remembering Shabbos and remembering to keep it holy. Remembering that it's not just any other day. Shabbos is not a day for uh, <coughs> messing around, for uh, just taking time off and uh, sitting with our feet up by the pool or uh, going to play golf or whatever else it is that um, people have thought that Shabbos is really all about. Shabbos is truly all about remembering that it is holy that it is spiritual, that it is special, that it's a day on which we can and we need to bring to the foreground of our minds this idea of memory, remembering Shabbos and actively remembering Shabbos. And therefore, it is on this Shabbos that our sages saw fit to say, well, while we're accessing the memory, while we're involved in and our memory banks. And while we're going through that notion and we're exploring um, all of those things, we're in the phase of memory. So now we're dealing with memory. We're dealing with our remembrances. Since we've got the remembrance of Shabbos, oh, what an appropriate time to say, you know what? There is another great memory that we need to think about and we need to take care of. And that is the remembrance about Amalek. And they decided that it's most appropriate to put it in the calendar just before Purim. And because Purim, we uh, commemorate, we celebrate the downfall of a descendant of Amalek, Homon, uh, the wicked Homon who sought to destroy the Jewish people. And if we think about it, Asher Korach Abaderech, he came upon the Jewish people um, perchance by accident. 
one man, Mordechai, refuses to bow down to him, which uh, in and of itself is a, uh, a crazy request that a person should have and the vanity uh, that Haman had that everybody had to bow down to him. He wasn't the king after all. He was just the prime minister. Um, and uh, yet this was the demand that he made. One man doesn't do that. That's, his name is Mordechai, who was a member of the great assembly of the Jewish people at the time. Mordechai doesn't bow down to him. Haman perchance just decides, you know what, let's take it out on all Jews. Let's punish all the Jews. You know what, because of this one, let's go for them all. And Asher Korach Abaderech, it was a time where he too happened chanced, he perchanced upon the Jewish people, when once again we were in the state perhaps of a coldness, a coldness, a lack of passion and excitement for Judaism. Remember we had... Uh, exile was pretty new to us at the time of the Purim story. And the time of the exile being new to us, we too were cooled off. We had been through the destruction of a Beit HaMikdash, of a temple. We were now into uh, the, the 70 years of exile. And uh, things didn't look that promising for us. And we thought that perhaps the better way for us to go forward was to integrate into the society, to become more Persian than the Persians, to become more, as they say, American than the Americans, to become more involved in the uh, societal demands and, um, and mores um, of the time. It is Mordechai who stands up against that. And it's that very thing that irks Haman, the descendant of Amalek, to no end. And he can't tolerate it. And he says, you know what? We're going to destroy this people. And once again, there is this caustic theme that is conjured up within uh, Haman and his ilk that we need to go for the absolute end of the Jewish people. They irk them. They are are so irking, they are so irritating. It is uh, so incredibly strong, this passion and this feeling, that it's only because of the descent that he has from Amalek, who did the same thing. There was no rhyme or reason. We weren't crossing through his territory. We weren't really in his way. We weren't doing anything. But it was really the birth of anti-Semitism. It was the birth of this Absolute hatred, which perhaps stemmed from, as we said, jealousy in, in uh, the times of Amalek, came from um, all sorts of misinformation, disinformation, and conspiracy theories, which abounded about the Jews and about their control over the world, etc., etc., etc. And this is what Haman wanted to destroy. Now, our sages saw fit to say, that is... The mold. And this is now the reminder that these things recur and they keep on coming up within uh, Jewish history. And they came up at the time that we got out of Egypt and they came up again um, at the time of the Purim story. And they have come up many times since then and in between. And this is why it is so important to remember. Now, what is the difference? We raised this in the beginning between remembering and not forgetting. Well, the best reference that we have for this is actually in the story of Joseph. Remember, Joseph was in the uh, in the jail cell together with a couple of um, ministers from the uh, Pharaoh's uh, government. One of them being Hisar Hamashkim, and the other one being Hisar Ha'ifim. There was, we call them the butler and the baker, but it was the person who was in charge of all uh, the liquids, let's call it, in the entire country. He would have been the head of the uh, uh, 
the board of uh, alcohol and uh, and uh, beverages and so on. Uh, that was the Sar Hamashkim, and then there was the Sar Ha'efim, the person who was in charge of all baked goods, who was in charge of all the bakeries, um, head of the cake board, let's call it. These two guys had wronged the king, and they were in jail, and we all know the story. They had dreams. Um, uh, Joseph interprets the dreams. The baker is put to death. The butler or the Sar HaMashkim, is uh, released. He goes back, as Joseph had predicted, to serve his king, to serve his master, to serve Pharaoh. But it says there quite clearly, strange use of Hebrew language, strange use of Torah verse. It says that he did not, um, he, he did not, he, he didn't remember um, uh, Joseph, and he forgot him. It uses the double terminology, he didn't remember and he forgot him. Well, once again, many, many interpretations as to what this means. But perhaps just a suggestion for today on Judaism 101.9, we could say that there is a difference between remembering and not forgetting. You know, um, if we think about it, the one is perhaps by chance. We forget something. You forgot. I forgot something. But when I don't remember, there is an action to actually try to forget. So what did the uh, head of um, of all the beverages, the beverage head, what was it that he wanted to forget? He wanted to forget not only what he had done wrong, he wanted to forget his time in jail. And he also did, did not want to be associated with, and he speaks in a way disparagingly about Joseph even when he introduces him. He talks about the Nar. He talks about, you know, there's a Portugal, there's a youngster, there's a kid who we were with. It is uh, disparaging. It is negative talk. He wants to forget. He wants to forget. He put it on his agenda to forget. It wasn't something that just happened by chance. And so the Torah tells us here now, when we think about Amalek, and we think about all these things that can undermine our Judaism. It is not just about people who are out to get us, like Amalek and Homan and so on, but it is their way. It is the way of being dispassionate. It is the way of being completely uncommitted. It is the way of being cold to our Judaism. It is the way of being um, taking a back seat when it comes to our Yiddishkeit. When we think about that, that is Amalek says the Torah. Number one is don't forget your Judaism. Number one is don't forget. Number two is Please remember. So we've got to make a conscious effort to bring it to the fore. It's not just about going through the motions and every day saying, well, okay, you know what? I acknowledge Modeani, I say it and I dive in a little bit here and there or whatever. There's got to be a conscious effort that we bring it to the foreground of our brains, that we bring it to our hearts, that we emphasize it, that we do it, that we're involved in it and we do it in a passionate and in a positive way. And perhaps this is why we need to not only remember, but we dare not forget. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome back. Yes, our sages have told us that Nismach Gula Ligula. We know that the story of Purim comes exactly a month before Pesach. Purim comes a month before Pesach. That sounds to be... Um, pretty obvious, so obviously, if, if, you know, why not? But when it comes into play and when we really have to take it into account is when there are two Adars. And the question arose as to whether um, Purim should be celebrated in the first or in the second. 
and they used this expression that we need to keep the redemptions linked. There is a link between redemption. Redemption one, Purim story, redemption two, um, in no particular order. The Pesach story, we've got to keep them close together, and the one actually leads to the other. And we see a link, of course, between Purim and Pesach with the story of Amalek with Zohar. But there is another link, and it's been chosen as uh, something that should be done on the weekend of Shabbat Zohar, that there is a worldwide move um, afoot at the moment um, around the world that on this coming Sunday evening that everybody, wherever you are, should pause and say a prayer for the coming of Mashiach. So it's kind of been designated as remember Mashiach time. But remember to implore God to send Mashiach. Now, it will all take place on this coming Sunday evening, 6 p.m. South African time. That lines up with 6 p.m. Jerusalem time. Of course, the center of all uh, world Judaism and Jewry is in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. And that's um, based on their time. And of course, people are um, hooking up all over the world. But there is actually nothing practical or physical that one needs to do to actually hook up. It's just a matter of being at that time and pausing, stopping whatever else you're doing and spend a couple of minutes saying a special prayer, give some charity and say a special prayer for the coming of Mashiach. Implore God to send Mashiach. There is a text that has been compiled and has been circulated around the world. I'm sure it's available on the internet. It's available on um, (coughs) Facebook and so on. But if you are in need of uh, um, that prayer and you want to know what to say, please be in touch with me at Chabad House at uh, my email address, rmk at chabad.org.za. That's rmk at chabad.org.za. Or call Chabad House on 0114406600. And we'll be happy to send um, a copy of that prayer through to you for you to be able to use at that time. That's 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. A worldwide international call. We are hoping, as uh, everybody is hoping, that there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who spend a few minutes on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. asking God to send Mashiach, to imagine a world that's filled with kindness, to imagine a world that's filled with love, to imagine a world of peace, to imagine a world of no more pandemics, to imagine a world when all of these scourges are taken away and are replaced with only the best and the most wonderful, with what Mashiach actually will bring and will represent. We look forward to you joining. We hope that you do. Please encourage your children, your families, your friends to join as well. If ever there was something that needs to go viral, to pardon the expression, this is something that should. Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, say a prayer for Mashiach. I'll be back with you right after this. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So as we head into this Shabbos, there is a lot that we need to remember and a lot that we dare not forget. First of all, let's remember Amalek. Let's remember what a negative attitude can do to destroy us. And not only a negative negative attitude from the outside, but a negative attitude from the inside. It can destroy us. And we need to bring that to the foreground of our minds. We need to not only remember it, but we dare not forget. Because remembering and not forgetting will be the very thing that will not only save our lives, but will make sure that 
Judaism can continue into the future and that ultimately we will be redeemed and that is the redemption that we're talking about when it comes to Purim and the redemption that we're talking about when it comes to Pesach in just over a month from now. But in addition to that, let's remember on Sunday to say a prayer for Mashiach to come. We're imploring God and thanking him for all the blessings that he has showered upon us and uh, asking God to remember also the promise that he made that he will send us a world of peace and harmony and quiet and an end to all the negativity and scourges and lack of leadership and corruption and all the other things that we can think uh, to add to the list. And here we have a great opportunity to join Jews everywhere in showing that we haven't forgotten, in showing that we do remember, and in showing that we are praying to the Almighty that please God very, very soon he will send his righteous redeemer. He'll see to the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash, of the temple in Yerushalayim, the refunctioning of Judaism in the most glorious, beautiful, holy way that it should be functioning and that it always was meant to function and that there'll be an end to this gollus, to this diaspora. And that please God very, very soon, we will all be united in the most incredibly powerful and beautiful way where we will have the Geula Shlema, the complete and absolute redemption, not only for us, but for the entire world. And may it please come true immediately. And now we pray for the coming of Mashiach. Join the world on Sunday at 6 p.m. and say the prayer. And remember that you will be part of something fantastic, great, and please God, the Geula Shleimah, the ultimate redemption. Looking forward to a great rest of the week. I want to wish you a great Shabbat, Zachor, with all the remembrances, all the things we dare not forget. And hopefully very, very soon, the coming of Mashiach, and that all our prayers will be answered. Look forward to being back with you, same time, same place, next week, on another episode of Judaism 101.9. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.